It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. folks it's the day before game day here on inside the gamecocks the show i'm jc sherbert he is phil mullinax uh those of you on the live stream right now phil's got the best shirt i've ever seen in my life on <laughs> uh, for the best band ever that's to, right to, to be formed the greatest um, movie band ever <laughs> yeah the greatest yeah. the greatest non uh not real band i mean it's you know because like the dan band and tenacious d you know, they're kind of movie bands, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they're real bands, you know, like Sexual Chocolate only has appeared twice. That's right. Um, I remember the, uh, the at the end of the second coming to America, uh, it shows you how dense I am sometimes. I just, I'd forgotten all about Sexual Chocolate. And they, they were, they were you know, introducing the band and I was like, well, who is it? Maybe it's Britney Spears. And then I'm like, who gets, because uh, I was just kind of like, well, it's going to be a crappy way to end a movie because it's probably some artist I don't care about. And then it hit me. No, <laughs> it's sexual chocolate. So uh, that, that's amazing. A um, couple of news items to pass along to you out here in Gamecock land. Also wanted to remind you, hour number one is uh, presented by Cindy Searfoss Realtor, Caldwell Banker Kane, my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, do you need real realtor services? Uh, buying, selling? Maybe you just want to kind of look around. Uh, Cindy's your person for that. Many of you have already reached out to her. We certainly appreciate her sponsorship. Uh, so a couple of news items coming out of Gamecock Land. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you guys a story <laughs> about the day I've had or the, the last you know <laughs> eight hours or so of my life. Um, so uh, yesterday, so two, 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 two pieces of news. The, the first piece of news was that uh, they, they came to an agreement with Sir Big Spur. And so the general, you know, lasted like a day. <laughs> Not even a week. Yeah. And so now it's back to Sir Big Spur. Uh, and, and and so, okay, so all's well that ends well. The bird's still Sir Big Spur. We'll figure out what they're going to do with it. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so glad to put that to bed, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and that happened last night. And then so that news sort of broke. And then uh, this morning it was announced by the University of South Carolina that Saturday night's game is a sellout. Yes. Sell out crowd for Georgia State. You guys uh, that are going uh, should be committed. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of recruits on campus. That always helps uh, with that. Certainly, the players have worked hard. It's an exciting season opener, and people are kind of fired up uh, about this year. Uh, And rightfully so, rightfully so. So, kickoff 7.30 p.m. streaming on ESPN+. Plus. I'll say once again, if you have the SEC Network as part of your cable package, you'll be able to access that on your smart TV by adding the ESPN app. I've got mine all set up and ready to roll. Uh, It's streaming only. So, you know, if you go to your, you're thinking about catching the game at your favorite watering hole, make sure they have streaming capabilities because that's, uh, that's something you run into sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're not going uh, to Williams Bryce stadium on on Saturday night. Okay. So we're going to get in the Nana's porch chat box. Uh, All of you said, good morning. Good morning, Craig. Uh, Good morning, VJ. Uh, all you guys, Chris C says, we made it, fellas. 
Uh, just to read a few off the top. We'll always appreciate our chat boxers. Uh, once again, I, uh, I don't know if I said this at the top of the show or not. Michael Flint, former Gamecock receiver, Wando, joining us at the bottom of this hour. And then, as we do it every Friday, Meredith Taylor uh, to talk golf and the Gamecocks. Uh, today, she's got uh, a lot of topics she wants to discuss on the game of golf and also the Carolina game uh, this weekend, season opener of college football. Uh, last night, uh, SEC teams in action uh, and kind of just rolled over inferior opponents. Uh, I thought Louisiana Tech would give uh, Missouri a little bit more of a game, but, uh, you know, that's what they get for firing Skip Holtz and, and hiring Sonny Cumbie. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, that was one of the worst firings I think I've ever seen. I mean, he, he's won championships at Louisiana Tech, uh, you know, turned down maybe some other mid-level group of five jobs to stay there. Uh, they're not a very good program historically. They're kind of up and down. Uh, who do they think they are? And so I, I didn't have a problem, even though, you know, I'm not the biggest Missouri fan in the world. I uh, didn't have a problem seeing the Tigers roll over them last night. Hell of a game between West Virginia and Pittsburgh. Um, Pitt with a late, tremendous, like all effort, DJ Swearinger style pick six. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. For the DB, DB and won the backyard ball all 38 31. Uh, at what I'm always going to still call Heinz Field, right? Right. Uh, and then Tennessee, <laughs> I don't know what Ball State's game plan was. I, it seemed to me like they were trying to run it up the middle and just milk the clock with their gigantic wrestler-looking running back. And that was not a sound strategy. Thought the balls looked very crisp and good, and their fans were happy last night at Neyland Stadium. So uh, there you go. And Penn State-Purdue was a great game, too. 35-31, Nittany Lions rallied. I thought Purdue had them. Had the beat in uh, Penn State with a comeback. Don't That's right, came it. back. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know, Phil. Did you watch any games last night? Any impressions of anybody? Uh, I did watch the uh, Pitt West Virginia game. I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know if uh, Pitt really is going to be able to live up to what it is that their ranking says right now. I'm a little worried about that. <laughs> you know, I sort of. But at least they're. You see, <laughs> this, this guy, yeah, Pitt to me, I, and look, I was, I, uh, kudos to their fans. I mean, they showed up because, you, you know, uh, when you're playing West Virginia and you're them, you know, if you don't show up, uh, West Virginia is going to outnumber you in your own stadium because West oh, yeah. Virginia is right down the road and they got a huge fan base. So I thought the Pitt fans showed up loud. They're loud and proud. And, uh, that team, I think, you know, <laughs> I'm with you, Phil, as far as like, you know, some people have picked them to go to the playoff, and I'm like, eh, it doesn't look like yeah. a playoff team to me, especially on defense. But, uh, you know, I, I thought one of the things Pat Narduzzi's teams do is they battle you and they fight and, and they find ways to win. You know, he's almost oh, yeah. got that. It's almost like he took the Michigan State magic with him out the door when he left Antonio because that was he was, he was a defensive coordinator for years. But Narduzzi's a heck of a coach and, uh, but I'm kind of with you. I kind of got the feeling I was, ah, this this is not this this is probably not as good of a team as they had last year. Uh, but hey, first week it's always overreaction, right? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can't say anything about this week uh, yeah. <laughs> unless you just fall on your face. Now that, let's hope that doesn't happen to anybody. Yeah. So, so you know, I'll tell you guys a story. So so and, and this is kind of a a life lesson, and to tell you what happened to me, you know, never relax. And never think everything's solved. I mean, because well, the minute you do that, and I did that last night, you know, I was just going to kick back, watch the ball. We went to our kids' uh, freshman game, got mad about at the coach again about playing time. Uh, I did not, not 
I, I was mad, but I wasn't. Uh, I didn't. I don't confront the coach or anything like that. You're yelling at him from the stands. Yeah, just, <laughs> I'm relaxing, watching ball. I, I put the podcast version of this show up and didn't double check it, and so the next thing you know, the podcast didn't up. Uh, and then about two o'clock this morning, you know, the phone starts ringing off the hook. Uh, Nat's mother got rushed to the hospital in the middle of the night. Uh, I had to get up at seven and do carpool duty and then drive to the hospital, which is about 25 minutes from here through traffic, uh, get her dad because her dad needed to go home and take his medication. So I've been running all over creation today. Uh, mm -hmm. And I just, I just was thinking about it. I was like, the minute you think you can kick back it is the minute all hell breaks loose. So right. <laughs> all hell broke loose in, in Casa de Sherbert uh, the past six, seven hours. So I'm glad to make it here on the show. I didn't, uh, one thing I was not going to do was cancel the show today, but it's been it's been a crazy little time right here at the season over. So uh, life lesson for everybody out there, never relax, never get comfortable, because the minute you do, uh, even if it's like for six hours, something inevitably is going to happen. <laughs> so and so and, and with that, I apologize for those of you that listen on podcasts, because there's a lot of you that do. Uh, and it just did not get up until this morning because. Uh, that program sometimes it's happened to me before. So I've a lesson learned here. I still, I need to double check it because uh, you know, it's happened before. We're just, just there and spins and spins and spins and doesn't actually upload. And then that, then that program sends it to you guys who listen on Spotify and Podbean and, and, and you know, Apple podcast, most of your app, about 80% of your Apple podcast, but uh, I apologize for that. Folks. So it's just uh, my screw up and uh, I need to double check that because if that program is not going to, is going to sit there and spin and, and get stuck sometimes, you know, I need to make sure that I, that you guys still get the show. So anyway, that, all that out of the way, let's go to the Nana sports chat box. Chris says we made it fellas. Daddy O says 32 hours. I, I was kind of thinking that I was trying to count out the hours, Phil <laughs> driving back. And my, my math was a little fuzzy. I was like, well, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, cause I'm like in central time too. So I got to do an extra addition uh, or, or, Subtraction. I was like, okay, this, uh, you know, oh, I kind of yeah. figured it out, but I was like, that, that's good. Daniel says, man, tomorrow's so close, but so far, ready to go. Yep. Uh, Clint says, can't believe we play football tomorrow. Craig says, it's here. Clint, Gamecock Pastor Fridays are for live listening. Let's go. Who's joining me and Willie B tomorrow? Uh, apparently, a lot of you. There'll be a lot of them down there, Pastor. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. All that good stuff. So that's, uh, that's good. Ed watched Pitt and Penn State. By the way, I want to thank you again, Ed, for the the um, suggestions yesterday in the chat box for the show. We're always looking to improve, and it will. Uh, John says, more pumped for the start of the season than I have been in 10 years easily. I think so, you know, and, and, I, and I think a lot of people almost are, are a little hesitant uh, because I think the last time there was a season like this that was this anticipated, 18 was an anticipated season, okay? Yeah, but it wasn't. I, I don't think everybody was as excited as, as maybe this year. And then 2014 was just Gamecock Palooza all offseason. And we saw what happened when AM rolled into town. Oh, yeah. And threw for 600 yards against that defense <laughs> with Kenny the Thrill Hill, you know, who, who right. was a Heisman candidate for like two weeks. Um, you know, Will says, uh, sellout versus Georgia State is pretty good. Um, Somebody says no sound, guys. I, well, oh yeah, when we opened the show, yeah. Oh, that was my fault. oh, okay, that's okay. 
Um, Jay, uh, Gamecock Pastor, you've inspired me, Clint, spending the morning on the lake, then heading over late afternoon to the tailgate, going to pick up Maurice's on the way. Maurice's barbecue. That's, uh, that's that uh, mustard based sauce. Uh, I, I'm just going to say, as a proud South Carolinian, I love mustard based barbecue sauce. But not, not gonna not gonna get into like what I prefer, <laughs> but uh, I will say the mustard based sauce is delicious. Uh, Daddy O smoking a butt. Way to go, Daddy O. Um, Craig says, "Can you rewatch the game on ESPN?" That's right. Craig has a wedding, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Oh, or, so, or is it a concert? A concert, right? Or what? Yeah. So I think so, Craig. Um, but don't don't quote me on that because I, I, I think you can get the replay. Uh, on your app, but I don't, I, I don't rewatch them that way. I usually go and, and find them on YouTube <laughs> and uh, <laughs> somebody's out there putting them up uh, the condensed versions of the game, you know, but um, let, let's uh, I, I would look into that. I would look into that. Ken says, good morning and happy game week. JC and Phil haven't been able to stay up late in Japan to catch the show live, but been listening to the recaps on Spotify. Thank you. Yeah. Ken. Thanks Ken. In Japan, beautiful country. Keep up the great work and go Gamecocks. Elizabeth says, Backyard Brawl was amazing. Amazing. Clint's an ending. Yeah. Oh, Clint's, Clint's making me hungry. Sounds good, Daddy. I can't wait for my hash and rice and hush puppies. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> the hash and rice is good stuff. You, you, if you talk to anybody outside of the South about hash and rice, they don't know what you're talking They're like, what is this? You know? huh? um, Purdue blew it versus Penn State, Will says. Clint likes the freshman running back for West Virginia. And he says that was a lucky pick six. Can't believe the receiver dropped that pass. Yeah. It, the, the actual pick was uh, a work of good fortune. Mm-hmm. What, what got, what impressed me was the return, dude. That guy just was not going to yeah. be denied. <laughs> Once he got ahead of steam, he just left everybody else. So that was, that was good. Daddy says Pitt's crowd brought it. Craig says Pitt D-line is legit. I did like their D-line. Yeah, they look good on the de- on the defensive front. So, I mean, that, yeah. that's going to help them for sure. Yeah. Okay, so this is important. Um, Ed says seem to be a lot of targeting calls in the game. Yeah, it sucks. I'm just uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, so, Charleston Fitness Equipment. I won't put this up there, Phil. This is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is important. Um, this is not a Carolina Rise uh my collective event, but this is NIL. Okay. So this is going to help you. Marquis Anderson's family food truck, 365 grilling and seafood will be at 98 national guard road from three to seven tomorrow. So everybody go by and get some of that food. You know, right. yeah, I know you probably have your own menus and all that, but uh, uh, go buy a little something for, for Marquis Anderson and his family uh, there at the food truck. Uh, Clint says, <laughs> talking about my story. I heard a good saying regarding that, JC. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. That's true. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, how about former Gamecock Johnny Dixon, a.k.a. Toast for Penn State? Did have a nice sack. Yeah, I saw him get beat a couple of times, too. Uh, Kaki Gaming says the free Sir Big Spur movement was successful. Yes, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad says, being Friday, are you guys going to make some picks on the higher profile games this weekend? Might be a cool segment on Fridays and even have a guest picker at times. Yes. Uh, I'm going to actually uh, want to talk about today's poll question. We're going to pick those four games on the poll. Uh, and the poll is what SEC game besides Carolina are you looking forward to the most? Um, I think there on, on the bigspur.com, there's an other option. Uh, I think on Twitter, I just, there was just four games like LSU, Florida State, Oregon, Georgia, 
Um, who and then there's a LSU for uh, Arkansas Cincinnati, yeah. of course, which I think is going to be uh, a really good one. Uh, and then Florida and Utah. So uh, those are all games of note or, or interest for Carolina. Uh, game guys don't play LSU this year, but uh, I think everybody else uh, in those four listed they are on the schedule: Georgia, Florida, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, John says, "Let's go game day tomorrow." And so, so Brad, to answer your question, yes, and uh, we're gonna get the chat box involved, right? Yeah, man, we'll be looking for y'all to make some. You picks. guys make some picks too, and um, all that good stuff. Uh, Alex says hash and rice is foreign almost to everybody outside of Georgia and the Carolinas. It is. Uh, Jay Rice says, what's up, y'all? It's game day eve. Uh, as most champ would say, it's time for Carolina football, so get the blank out of your seat. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was a 2020 season. And I'm, I actually uh, – a friend of mine uh, at the time, you know, he's a Tennessee guy, and, you know, so – we flew to Greenville to hang out with him because it was during the pandemic and all that good stuff. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and the, the whole day was surreal, you know, because I'd been up, uh, it, it was September, late September already. Uh, we stayed up all night the night before because I hadn't seen the dude in a while. Nat went to bed, of course. Uh, and I wake up and it's like, you, you look at the empty stadiums and, and all that good stuff uh, that whole day. Was weird. Then it was a pretty big, pretty good ball game with Tennessee and Carolina, and Carolina, of course, lost. But um, yeah, and 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 but I'm, I'm sitting there on the porch in Greenville, right? I think it's during the LSU game, and and that leaks, and I, I, I was just like, wow. Um, are we still going to shoot Sir Big Spurt NIL deal? I'd like to have him on for an interview with his thoughts on the naming controversy. Cockadoodle do. <laughs> Daddy O says the general had so much promise. Gonna miss that feathery fella. <laughs> RIP the general. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, VJ says ready yeah. to stop talking about mascots. Me too. You and me both, Belmont. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> me too. You know. Um, Drew Dupree says weirdest game I've ever gone to is that Tennessee Carolina game. Yeah, it just That's... nobody there. Weird. Um, J Rock says I'm going to the game tomorrow. I can't wait for the new lights and stuff. It's gonna be awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, you guys too. Uh, send in if you're at the stadium and you, you get some video of the lights or uh, anything new you like. The crowd, uh, shoot it to us inside the game guys at gmail.com and, and we can kind of feature it on some social media channels and stuff like that. You know, if you want us to, um, that's a good idea. You know, <laughs> we always like stuff like that. All right, that's the Nana Sports chat box. Catch it up, uh, Phil. What game? And, and all right, so the poll question is, uh, you know, which SEC game uh, are you looking forward to the most besides South Carolina uh, and Oregon, Georgia? Yeah, so I mentioned Oregon, Georgia, Florida State, Notre, uh, Florida State, LSU is on Sunday. Uh, so Oregon, Georgia's tomorrow, Utah, Florida's tomorrow, Arkansas, Cincinnati's tomorrow. Uh, so those are your four options. Uh, anybody else, you know, want to pick like Utah State and Bama? That's fine. <laughs> I think Utah State's getting 41. Somebody out on the West Coast picked Utah State to win the national championship or go to the playoff. Yeah, because their theory was they're going to upset Alabama in week one in Tuscaloosa. And then just roll. And then roll through (laughs) the rest of it. And I'm like, well, they would make the playoff probably under that scenario. Mm. Uh, So that was kind of crazy. So uh, Cocky Gaming asked, uh, do we know if they're going to air the lights on live TV? Obviously, I'm sure they're flash every now and then. 
like after a touchdown, but they show them for halftime. I, I don't know what the ESPN stream will do. So uh, I'm not sure on that. I'm sure you'll be able to see some of that stuff on TV, though. I just, uh, you know, yeah. you know. I think that was one of the cooler things about having the pay-per-view games. You know, even though you're paying a bit for it, but they just yeah. leave the cameras running through all the breaks. So you get to watch the band, you get to see the whole atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. But now who knows what ESPN will do? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows on that one? All right. So we are, um, so, so there's the poll. Like, okay. So which game are you looking forward to? Phil and I are going to talk about them and pick them. We're going to talk about them with Michael Flint. We're going to talk about them with Meredith Taylor later uh, and, and all that. But, you know, Phil, of those games, uh, what's the, what kind of stands out? Um, Cincy and Arkansas is going to be an interesting game. It'll be a, a good game, I think. But the one I'm really looking at is Utah, Florida. Uh, you know, just want to see what Florida actually looks like against a, a real opponent because <laughs> they get one right out the gate. And Utah, yeah. I don't. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be hot and the conditions and all of that. I, I don't think that will have as big a factor uh, in this game unless they, you know, keep it. Unless Florida could keep it close and then turn it into a you know third fourth quarter game, then they might there might be some cramping and stuff like that <laughs> if they're having I, to play too hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I don't know. You know, like, like I said, because I've been I've been out there. It's very pleasant, you know, mm-hmm. and I've been to Gainesville, Florida, this time of year too, and it's not. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm o- overvaluing that part of it a tiny tad bit, but I, I just. It's the swamp, man. You know, it's, yeah. it's hard. And, and, you know, you look at some of the national folks, too. Uh, they've all picked Florida to win that game. I, I think they're a little bit overconfident. I think I think, I think, think it could end up being Florida wins, but it, by the end of the year, you're going, how the hell did Florida win that game? Because Utah is much better, you know. I think Utah's mm-hmm. a better football team is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but that's the deal there. Brian chimes in in the Nana Sports chat box. Any big recruits going to be at the Georgia State game? Uh, Marky Anderson, obviously. And then there's some younger guys that, um, oh, Hale reported about today. Uh, a kid from Belton Honeypath is a 2025 running back whose name escapes me. Sorry, I just kind of slid in here. and didn't do a whole lot of prep today. <laughs> I did read that, though. And um, so, so some underclassmen um, and, and then some commits and guys like that. The big weekend uh, is going to be Georgia for, for recruiting. Yeah. A lot of folks, including Nicholas Harbor, coming for that one. Um, obviously, too, I wanted to mention uh, Jadevian Clowney. Uh, they're retiring his jersey this weekend. I mentioned that earlier this week. Uh, got a note today. Jadevian is going to have a press conference about 6 o'clock before mm-hmm. kickoff. Um, so that'll be some interesting uh, content for those of you following at home. Um, I'd like to kind of – I haven't really heard Jadevian Clowney, you know, Talk a lot about South Carolina. I mean, he's hadn't been asked about it a whole lot since he left. It's been about 10 years. Um, so kind of yeah. curious to hear what he's got to say about the Gamecocks and yeah, no doubt. playing at Carolina. And I think having a having a guy that high profile, you know, continues to pay dividends uh, for the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because everybody knows who Jadev, like Spencer Rattler yesterday is like everybody in the world knows who Jadevian Clown is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's the deal there. Um, so Brian's asking about the recruits. Yes, but uh, all that good stuff. And then, Brian, we, we've seen you. I, I scroll through this sometimes um, fast. You know? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, that's right. No, we can see you. It, it's just sometimes they just keep rolling. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, got you in there. Interesting shirt choice, Phil Saunders. Thank says. you. 
Look at the slime on that dog behind JC. That's not slime, man. You know, I read that as smile, which is probably what it's supposed to be. Smile. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Not slime. Cooper. Uh, yeah, there's no slime on that picture. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, he comes down. He goes, look at that smile. Okay. Oh, thank that, you. Okay. That's yeah, red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's red. He's, he, he, uh, good days. He smiles. He smiles. Whoa. Mm -hmm. um, thanks, Brian, for that. Alex said, Phil, where did you get that shirt? That is me and my girlfriend's trivia name every week. Need to make that our jersey. So, great trivia name. That's a great trivia name. I actually yeah. bought one too. I bought one for me and Phil. Yeah. The idea was we were going to both wear us. Mine's different. It actually has Randy Watson, like a like a hologram of Randy Watson on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll wear it Monday. I'll show everybody. Uh, we just got on, you just get on Amazon and, and look up uh, sexual chocolate merchandise. <laughs> yeah, and that is true. Up, yeah, sexual chocolate merchandise. So, uh, David says when Michael Flint comes on, ask him if he has any original thoughts or is he just plagiarizing the thoughts of his younger and older brothers? <laughs> <laughs> That's David Flint. Yeah. I'll start um, that comment for later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, J-Rock says Utah has low humidity, but it has been 100, 900 degrees this week. Yeah, it's, the heat, you know, it does get up there, but it's, it's, it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Uh, John Thompson says, what's the over-under of burned sofas last night in Morgantown? <laughs> yeah, seven. So, yeah. <laughs> Probably seven. Uh, all right, so that's all good there. Yeah, so we're going to get into some pick-ems. Um, and at the end, with Meredith, me and Phil will give our picks uh, on the Gamecocks score prediction for this weekend, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we're also going to, uh, you know, give our thoughts and take and hopes and dreams on uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the other, the rest of the schedule for this weekend. So we'll be right back. Michael Wando Flint joining uh, us. Uh, at noon, actually. He'll be in at noon. Oh, he's in yeah, a new. Yeah, right, yeah, they're yeah, back yeah. to back. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. I, like I said, I didn't. I, I did no show prep. Okay, so so Wando's obviously not coming up in three minutes. So what we're gonna do is take a break, come back, got some eye health consulting mailbag questions to answer. Phil and I will start breaking down the schedule uh, for the weekend in, in hour one, and then we'll get the takes of our guests, uh, former Gamecock athletes. Uh, doesn't get any better than that with Michael Flint and um, Meredith Taylor coming up in hour number two. All right. We'll be back after these messages. Uh, you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show the day before the 2022 season kicks off in Columbia, South Carolina tomorrow night. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a Die Our Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Hey, Mo Cabe here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mighty sound of the Southeast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, um, all right. So, so, football last night. So, football today, Illinois, Indiana. <laughs> 
who else is playing tonight? I, <laughs> I you know, I'm like, well, Michigan State always kicks off on a Friday night against a directional Michigan school, <laughs> so that's happening. Um, I don't know, you know, Friday football. It's for for the high school teams. Um, but anyway, I, so if I'm not mistaken, Phil, mm-hmm. uh, this will this will be the first time since 2017 when Skip Holtz, what we talked about earlier, brought Louisiana Tech in, that a former assistant has come in and uh, coached his team against the Gamecocks. And you know, I, I remember I said 2017 Skip came in um, in 2006. Rick Stockstill. Uh, brought Middle Tennessee in. He was a former assistant. And then Ricky Bussell, who was only at Carolina for a year, brought Louisiana Lafayette in in 03 and 07. Those were scary. There was a lot of scary games in there. That Skip Holtz game was ridiculously scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and those two games with Louisiana were scary, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it's just kind of a – I kind of I just started thinking about it. I mean, this is the first time anybody – uh, in the modern era, that, and I think I said this yesterday, that's ever been the head coach at South Carolina uh, to bring in um, another team, you know, right. after he's he's left. And so that's, uh, that's a, you know, Sean was the head coach for six games in 2015. One and five lost to the Citadel, but there were some bright spots in there. <laughs> and if it hadn't been for that Citadel loss, I mean. I, 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 that's I, the one that I think did him in, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I never I, feel like. I never thought I'd, I saw it happen in 1990, Citadel One. Yeah, and I never, I never thought I'd see that again in my lifetime, man. <laughs> well, let's hope we don't ever have to see it again. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, I mean, guys don't lose to the Citadel anymore. No. Um, so anyway, uh, that's kind of some a little take there uh, on that. All right, I hope Consulting Mailbag. We got to catch up on. Then we're going to start going through the, the football schedule for this weekend. SEC, some big ACC games. Uh, on the docket, you know, it, the, the the whole state of North Carolina is on upset alert this weekend. Right. Um, yep. The two noon kickoffs, uh, UNC goes to App to play. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, so the Tarheels are going to Boone. Right. I don't know how they're going to have enough seats, just to, just to be honest. Um, and then, <laughs> and you know, their playing style of soft is not going to go well over there. No, you, you can't. <laughs> you, you, we're going to find out how soft North Carolina is here in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then uh, in a game that normally this happened a lot over the years, NC State goes to East Carolina, Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, yeah, they gave uh, South Carolina all they wanted last year in that game. That game. I walked away from that game, Phil, because Carolina's defense last year played so well. Yeah. Um, you know, they got a they, they hit the long pass right early on. So okay, you got them there. Uh, then I think they, they got a turnover and a touchdown. And then East Carolina's offense, which ended up being pretty good for, for their level, didn't go in they didn't go anywhere the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's disappointing to me that the game only one by three at it. Uh, it's it's sort of after that game was over, I sort of felt wow. Um, you know, that, that's, it's nice to get the win, but, uh, <laughs> that should have been a whole lot less close. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, one of those you just you know. don't. <laughs> so that's the thing there. Don't feel good about it at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but NC state's got high hopes this year, man. Uh, yeah. They're talking. Some people have picked them to go to the playoff. Mm. So we'll see. Dave Dorn's going to make me into an idiot by the time <laughs> all is said and done. Uh, <laughs> So, so there's that. So we're going to IO consulting mailbag now. There's two ways to get into the mailbag. 
Uh, first, you could tweet to the show at the Big Spur Pod. We always respond to all of those. Uh, or you can also uh, email us uh, at uh, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. Um, so we're rolling, rolling, rolling. Uh, Xavier mentions here on the Twitter box or in the Twitter thing, Twitter, Twitter bag, I guess. Twitter yeah. bag, Twitter box, the tweeter. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. I uh, just saw an article saying university would now be able to keep Sir Big Spur. Have you heard this? Yeah, this tweet was 16 hours ago. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's cool. Uh, Gamecock Pastors, game day eve, my official score prediction. Here we go. Drum roll. Oh. Mm-hmm. Drum roll for Gamecock Pastor because he, he has locked his prediction in. Game, Gamecock's 34, Panthers 23. I hope it's much better than that. Who is your prediction for MVP of tomorrow's game? He says it thinks it's Rattler for, for, for throwing for 280 and three touchdowns. Could be. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Marshawn Lloyd. That's I, who I want to say. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and I, I think I think that may be more hope than actual yeah. feel. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, if, if, if I'm breaking down this game, Phil, I'm, I'm thinking Carolina's going to go out there and they all have an advantage. Uh, to run the football, you know, if they think, line yeah. up and run it, you know, uh, and that's the way you neutralize a defense like Georgia State that they're going to try to blitz you exotically all the time on passing downs. You, you then you don't have obvious, you know, not getting obvious passing downs is a way to neutralize it and keep them on their their toes. And Marshawn certainly would be a big part of that mm-hmm. uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, Chase says, in regards to education and a certain coach's comments, this was the Dabo thing. What about the professional connections that our guys may have the ability to make with those businesses they partner with? The possibilities are endless. Yeah, Chase, that, that was the point I made. It was like, what's more educational? What's more educational and uh, supports the mission of a university? Uh, which you know, there's probably some people that work at universities that don't think that the purpose of them is to prepare you for life. You know, uh, and I don't know that it always does. But that is fundamentally what it's for. That's what, you know, in our country, that's what, you know, you go to college, you get ready for life. Uh, I personally think you can get ready for life not going to college um, or doing, you know, learning a trade or a skill or whatever. I don't think we focus enough on that, you know, because when you have a, a society with a bunch of people that have a lot of debt and then have degrees and no skill set and no job prospects, uh, and then you, you can't find a plumber or an electrician. Uh, those guys make hundreds of thousands of dollars, man. I mean, it's, I, you know, uh, nothing wrong with that. You know, nothing wrong with that. You know, so that's, uh, uh, but, but I, you know, you're right, Chase. Absolutely. I, and I thought, and I don't really know what Dabo was trying to say, uh, taking a, I don't know if he's taking a shot or what, but what South Carolina is doing is the epitome of education, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just doing it at a very high level. There's not, you know, what, what you always want to do as a school is, is maximize the opportunities for your students. And I think that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, Alex on the poll question said UNC and App State's what he's looking forward to the most. It says go app. So mm-hmm. there are the tweets. There are the tweets. Thanks. Uh, by the way, thanks to NIL Newsstand. Uh, they cover all NIL uh, stuff because you can follow them at NIL Newsstand on Twitter. Uh, they retweeted our interview with Hillary Chance from earlier this week. We certainly appreciate that. Okay, second way you can get into the mailbag is uh, email us, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. All right, so who do we have? We have Noah coming in, right? 
Hey, JC and Phil, with the season finally starting up, can we get some playoff picks on who makes it this year? Oh, no, it's picking NC State. Alabama, NC State, one and four. Ohio State and Utah, number three, with Bama beating Ohio State for the championship. Uh, I would probably, you know, Phil, those other two teams, I don't know. You know, I, I, I think Alabama and Ohio, this is one of those years where everybody's going to want to see Alabama, Ohio State, at the end, because those are the two best teams in the country. Yeah, I think so. And, it, you know, that's how I've got it kind of playing out is Alabama, Ohio State, and then three and four is kind of a toss-up. Yeah. You've probably got about six teams that could be three or four this year. Yeah, I mean, some people like some people like Southern Cal. Some people like Texas. Some people think another SEC team like Georgia. Uh I don't, I'm going to say, uh, you know, a team I like. I mean, some people say Michigan because of their schedule. They think they got to make them go undefeated again. Hmm. I'm going to say, I, I think, uh, you know, with my two or three, I, I've probably, I can probably lock one of those in. I think Oklahoma's going to the playoff <laughs> under Brent Venables. Trust me. I, and, and it's going to be uh, Oklahoma's going mm-hmm. um, and Southern Cal's not. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree there because I, I was like, who's going to win the Big 12? And I just keep Oklahoma, I just keep thinking is just going to win, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, if they come out on top, they're going to make it, they're going to put them in. They're good, and, and yeah, and I think, uh, you know, Kansas State's kind of a dark horse in the Big 12 for me. Um, I heard you mention that on JC and Morgan, yeah, yeah, I like, I like, uh, I like Baylor quite a bit, you know, yeah, me and Jason, Mike Morgan, and I, by the way, there was a new. JC and Morgan this week or this week. So you guys check that out. But um, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I just, I like Baylor and I, but they lost a lot of players off last year's team and they were really good. So are they going to be sustainably awesome now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, so, so we'll see. And they've been really good for all, but about the, you know, the transition between Art Browse, uh, you know, getting, arriving at where they were at with uh, Matt rule and then going to Dave Aranda, you know, they, uh, they weren't down for very long, you know, after the scam, right. mm-hmm. Baylor, Baylor played some good football, but I, 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 something just tells me people are sleeping on Oklahoma because of the transfers out. They've got a good quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. They've got a good offensive coordinator in Jeff Levy and Brent Venables will probably get more out of that defense than his predecessor did. Uh-huh. And they're good. They're talented. And I don't, I'm not picking Texas to do anything. No. Right. I, I'm picking Texas to score like nine points against Alabama in week two. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with them. Every time, every time you think they're going to be good, they're not. I mean, they just softly bow out. So yep. mm-hmm. no more Texas for that. Um, so, yeah, I like your picks there, Noah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan chimes in. Uh, cannot wait to hear Todd Ellis call when juice gets loose. Uh, I'm with you. Juice Wells, another guy to look out for tomorrow night. Uh, you know, the new, you know, he's, he's going to go out there and kill him. You know, uh, he goes, does it hurt or help Cam at the, the next level playing nickel? He's talking about Cam Smith. Hmm. He said, that's usually the role for a third or fourth corner in certain situations, but it kind of depends on the defense. They think, uh, the, the logic by moving him there is to get the best three on the field. They think he's going to actually make more big plays uh, at the nickel spot. Um, so Smith, you know, I, I, I don't, I think, I'm not, I don't think it's going to hurt his draft stock at all uh, because there's enough tape on him at corner 
shutting down his side of the field to where in the NFL, you know, he'll play corner, but, you know, having that versatility and being able to help the defense make more big plays this year, obviously will increase his stock. You know, one of those things that, that, you know, you look at and it's not so much about how Cam Smith plays Phil there. It's probably about how Marcellus Dow and Darius rush play because team teams start picking on those guys. One of those guys has an off year, you know, you, you better move Smith. You better slide Smith back. Yeah, you put Smith back and probably put Spalding in the nickel. Yeah, put Spalding in. Spalding's an experienced nickel, pretty good, all that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's kind of my question there. But, yeah, thanks, Jonathan, for that. Inside mm-hmm. the game, at gmail.com. Isaiah says, greetings, JC and Phil. I uh, hope you guys are doing well on the podcast. I always hear you guys talk about Nicholas Harbor running track. And my question is, has he had any contact with the South Carolina track coach? Yes. Mm-hmm. Curtis Fry. They're, they're selling him on a lot of things, man. Uh, and that, that visit for the Georgia game is going to be huge. And my understanding is all the other DMV targets and kids are going to be in uh, for that game that weekend. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're looking for some good recruiting news, uh, pay attention that weekend, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. That's it. We've just, Phil, we've emptied the mailbag, I think. Man, all right. I think so, too. Caught up with it, right? That's good. We were backed up, man, so I was getting a little worried. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Well, Phil, tell them, uh, obviously, the uh, show is presented by Manscaped. That's right. We are presented by Manscaped. And uh, We've been a good partner, so that's nice. They've been giving us all kind of neat stuff to play with and try out, and it's all worked out really well. Uh, but uh, they are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. They offer precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. Um, and, you know, I was thinking I, I actually used some of the uh, deodorant the other day and how pleasant it smells. Yeah, I, 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 used, I, I used it last night before yeah. we went to the to the kids' football game because, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're out there. It's still warm outside. You get a little oh, sweat, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. sweat build up or whatever. You don't want the people in front of you, you know, not having a pleasant whiff. Yeah, they make a fragrance as well. I'm assuming it smells about the same, which is yeah, something it just that, smells yeah, pretty good. I like yeah. it. I like it. So anyway, man, go to manscaped.com, yeah. code Big Spur, 20% off, mm-hmm. free shipping worldwide. Uh, we certainly appreciate uh, their sponsorship here, and we'll talk more about them, too, in hour number two. Uh, back to the Dana Sports chat box. Um, and I did want to say this. I, I listened to Marcus Satterfield and Clayton White's press conference uh, yeah. yesterday after we got off. Um, or Wednesdays, uh, I caught up on it yesterday. I, I, you know, something just tells me those two guys are much more locked. In. You know, in, in any new situation, you're a first-time coordinator in the SEC on either side of the ball. Um, any situation, you know, that's new, you're going to kind of feel your way through. Uh, the impression that I got from those two guys, just hearing them speak to the media uh, over the course of the preseason, Phil, is that they seem more locked in, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. they seem more comfortable with what they're doing, more locked in. Uh, I think they've both talked about the fact that uh, they're going to be able to do more stuff and, you know, defining stuff that would be like, you know, different plays, different formations. Uh, Clayton White mentioned, you know, that the, the guys came back and, you know, everything that they spent all last season teaching them, 
it took them one day to kind of remind everybody. Yeah, right? it was basically all retained, which is what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, in that situation too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. This kind of how all that evolves. I mean, we've talked so much, Phil, about Georgia State's defense. You know, Clayton White's defense fundamentally is kind of exotic and exciting as well. Mm -hmm. um, and Carolina did a lot of that early on last year. I think as the season went on and the offense just had its issues, they sort of started playing back a little bit just to kind of, you know, don't give up the big bend, but don't break. You know, we talk about yeah. sometimes protecting your defense. They were kind of protecting the offense a little bit. But anyway, uh, I think uh, I, I'm just kind of curious. We, you know, we haven't – there's so much focus on the offense. I'm kind of really curious to see uh, what Clayton White has in store for Georgia State. I know. Uh, Saturday night. I'm excited about the defense this year. Even it's not getting a lot of talk, you know. Freshman on the depth chart, but uh, I just got a feeling it's going to look really good. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got a good feeling about them mm -hmm. too. Uh, better at linebacker at least. Macadino yeah. podcast is in the house. Thanks for joining us, Macadino. We love uh, when you guys come in and chill. Daddy O says, "Keep your seats, ladies and gentlemen." Sexual chocolate. Old Mark Henry from WWE. Um, uh, Cocky Gaming points out about the burnt couches in Morgantown, Phil. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, somebody said over seven. Uh, gaming points out the over under is never a whole number. It's got to be six and a half or seven and a half. <laughs> uh, burnt seven and a half sofas. So, <laughs> seven Marianne, sofas in a love seat. <laughs> Matt Mary is ready to get to Willie B. USC go Cox. He's ready yep. to do that, he says. Uh, Brian has uh, some predictions for us, Phil. Oh, yeah. He, Utah over Florida, thirty-eight to seventeen. Mm. Old. It is pretty bold. <laughs> but, but, you know what, Brian? Uh, other than the elements, like I, I don't think that's a crazy. I think it's bold. I don't think it's nut job crazy, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, LSU over Florida State, thirty-four twenty-four. That sounds about right to me. Georgia over Oregon, forty-one twenty-seven. We're gonna score twenty-seven. Oh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I like the forty-one there, but I'm thinking probably a little closer to thirteen. Now, okay, so Phil Steele uh, was on JC and Morgan with us, and he said, "Well, Georgia lost all these guys." He's like, "Last year they gave up thirteen points a game. This year I picked them to give up 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. BJ says Sean Elliott might be our head coach right now if they would have beaten Clemson that year. I think had he beaten Clemson, Citadel and then Clemson along with Vandy, you know, what, what would that have made it? Three and three. So they were two mm -hmm. and four. Instead of finished five and seven with that team, there's a strong possibility. Yeah, probably would have offered him the job. No. Yeah, probably so. Elizabeth goes, go App State yet again. Uh, and Daddy says Sean Elliott was given the keys to a bus with bad plugs. It was almost a no win for him. Yeah, and, and like I said, during during those six games, that team played harder and better. You know, they, they were sort of lackluster and blah. Uh, and then you know he took over. They all you know, played their butts off at A and M. Their butts off at Tennessee. Uh, almost beat. You know, only lost by five to Clemson. Um, you know, played pretty good. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Cocky Gaming says the holding call that took away the touchdown in the Citadel game. Yeah, that was not good. That was just very disappointing because you, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, Chris says, How many touches from running back do you see Bell getting? Feeling like it's going to be a lot. I, you know, carries from scrimmage for Jaheim Bell, Phil. 
Oh, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's like, well, what Satterfield said, he just let me <laughs> said to, you know, to Jaheim, let me know when it's too much. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to feel about that. I'm like, eh, you know, you, you got good running backs anyway. We don't have to get too creative. <laughs> Although, you know, we know he's going to carry it out of the backfield, but I, I don't know. Uh, if he gets five a game, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Some like that. Five, I, six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he had five in the bowl game. I think. I guess, you know, I like the way they used him against Eastern Illinois in the bowl game. But, uh, you know, Satterfield also said the press conference, it just kind of depends. And this can either be scary or not scary, depending on your kind of worldview of things. Uh, But he did mention, you know, week to week, uh, things will change depending on the game plan. They're very, you know, they're very multiple. Got a lot of, they got a lot of plays. Um, So there we go. Will says, uh, actually, J-Rock says horns down. (laughs) <laughs> well, Will McLean makes a good point here. Uh, Will Anderson is going to wreck Texas next week. Yeah, I would be afraid yeah. of Quinn Ewers meet Will Anderson. Yeah, that's uh, right. Will yeah. also says uh, J.C. Horn plays a lot of nickel for the Panthers. Cam Smith's just fine there. J-Rock says South Carolina's quietly been DBU over the last decade or so. I wonder who the next guy will be after Cam Smith. Nick Emanwari. Yeah, Emanwari. Yeah. Um, I think Anthony Rose is going to be good, too. I still need to check on him and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, Brad's, Brad and Brian both talk about the expanded playoff. They're going to vote on expanding it to 12 teams. I like the 12-team model they came up with. I have no idea why they decided to wait. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, you saw what happened because, the you know, the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 – uh, and the ACC got together and voted it down or voted not voted to table it. You know, we don't want to expand right now. And, you know, ACC commissioner starts talking about women's volleyball and right. academics and, and all this stuff. And then the <laughs> meanwhile, the Big Ten, that, you know, paragon of virtue, <laughs> and, and, you know, up in Rosemont, Rosemont, Illinois, is where their headquarters are. <laughs> uh, they're, meanwhile, they're just like, Talking all this love to the Pac-12 and all that. And, oh, by the way, Southern Cal and UCLA are joining our league. Yeah, right. Yeah. Brutus. You know, <laughs> um, you know uh, Cam says, you're only as good as your competition. Stop hoping that Florida loses tonight. Well, they play Saturday, but your point's taken. SEC, mm-hmm. need Florida to beat Utah, SEC. Cameron says, let's go Cox. Uh, you know, and to your point, Cam, about uh, the, the SEC, yeah, it's just fine. SEC teams are going to win anyway. I, I, I think some people are like pulling for Utah because of recruiting uh, against Florida. Uh, they did flip a linebacker, and and Billy Napier is always going to be a topic of conversation uh, around Gamecock Nation, especially when Shane Beamer's there, because that you know those two guys. Anytime you have multiple guys in the mix for a job. Uh, those two guys are going to get compared by that fan base. And uh, I think a lot of people are pulling very hard for Shane uh, and probably don't want to pull that hard for Billy. <laughs> so Stacy says, do you think Georgia state is able to run uh, that coach white will bring in an extra linebacker in that nickel spot or a better run stopping DB? I think Cam's pretty good at stopping the run. Um, uh, I think against this attack, you know, you're going to have to have good linebacker play. Uh, and I and I and I'll say this, and this is kind of a way to answer your question, uh, you know, based on what I know, you know, and, and but but it's not don't take it to the bank kind of thing, <laughs> uh, you know. I, I have heard 
that there are, you know, some situations where they've used the, in preseason three linebackers. Uh, so what you'd have is Brad Johnson, uh, Muhammad Kaba, and Sherrod Green on the field at the same time. Green would be kind of that nickelish. Nicholas, is that a is that a name? Nicholas. <laughs> stop. Stop. I'm so Nicholas. <laughs> anyway, that's a Nicholas. Uh he's kind of that Nicholas guy uh, in the linebacker course. So you you brought up a good point, Stacey. That's a that's an excellent, excellent, excellent thoughts there. Um Brian says, I'm not hoping Florida loses. I just think, think Utah is much, much better. Uh and Jay Rice said it should have been 12 to start with. Oh, the playoff. Probably. Uh, uh, yeah. Probably. yeah. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. So well, I, I don't know, mind the nine. I think, you know, I don't mind the nine SEC game schedule with 12 being the yeah. in playoff. I think, you know, that's, I think they kind of go hand in hand. <clears throat> yeah. And I think they're going to have to obviously, I don't know what they need to do with the playoff committee or whether they need some, you to use some computer uh, data sometimes or something, yeah. but they, you know, the worry with me is that, you know, because you still have situations where in the four-team format, Phil, they don't really care about strength of schedule. You know, it, it's because it, no. undefeated Notre Dame got in a few years ago and played nobody. Uh, they played a lot of name brand teams, Florida State, Southern Cal, Virginia Tech, all those teams stunk. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, compared to their history. So, you know, Notre Dame keeps getting in. You keep you saw Cincinnati get in last year. You go to 12. <clears throat> the worry if the excuse me, gosh, what happened to my throat there? Um, the worry is gonna be if you go to 12 to me, is you're gonna see a, a 10 and 2 NC State get in over eight and four uh LSU. And right. that's, gonna, that's gonna be completely unfair. Yeah. Um, mm. Just because, you know, they love to rank the double-digit win teams and the undefeated. So they, they kind of value it like the old way, but it's a new mm. way of doing it. So that's kind of my, my thing there. And I hope – I actually hope they use that exact format that Sankey had. I like the fact that, you know, you got 12 uh, and then your top six conference champions get in. So there could be a year where you have two group of five uh, yeah. teams of the play. Because if you if – if, if it's uh, – if the Pac-12, like a seven and five Oregon State, makes it to the Pac-12 championship game and wins, uh, that champion is probably not going to be one of the top six champions. You're probably going to have at least two group of fives from the American, maybe the Sun Belt, a bubble. And mm-hmm. so, you know that 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 could be a uh, an interesting interesting uh, type of deal there. Uh, and giving I mean, everybody a shot too. You know, yeah, it was like okay, most, prove it. Most <laughs> inclusive model, and and I think that's why. Um, I think that's why Sankey was just so put off by it because this is the thing that uh, is the most inclusive. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's the most uh, uh, it gives everybody the most chances. The SEC doesn't have to do that, you know, and so mm-hmm. I, I think it's really bad about it. Um, but anyway, so that's good. They're going to vote on that uh, later today. If that news comes across, we will certainly let you know. Yeah. And uh, all that stuff. Uh, J-Rock asked. Uh, okay. Cameron said, or actually Stacy says, alert Webster, new word, Nicholish. 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 Oh. Uh, Cameron says, uh, hot take, Boogie Huntley will be the best defensive lineman by year's end. I I think that's an excellent hot take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been high on Boogie for a while. I, I think that guy's going to 
really made people proud. I, I can the, the only, you know, you don't want to overhype a lot of guys like right away. <laughs> you see him play first. But my my assumption is he's going to be an upgrade over Jabari Ellis in this. But he's bigger than Jabari, you know, who's a little undersized. And, and Jabari played well the last two years. So mm-hmm. that, that's got to be exciting, you know. Yeah. And uh, Daniel says, Phil, sexual white chocolate Mullinax. <laughs> Way to go, Daniel. I'll take Saunders it. says, I don't ride in the, in the playoff. But when is the last time a number 12 team legitimately had a shot at a number one through three team? I don't know. You know, here's the thing, too, Sonder. You, you make these teams, instead of playing a four-game playoff against the, you know, like Clemson, Oklahoma, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, can form their own conference they play so frequently. You know, right. <laughs> um, you make those teams go through a legitimate playoff, uh, I think you're going to have some more upsets, uh, you know. Um, so we'll just have to see what happens with that. You know, I get it. I get it, though. There is a, you know, it's hard to win the national championship in football. Right. <laughs> All right. We're at the top of the hour. So, yep. Michael Flint, Mondo is going to join us on the other side. Going to get his take on the games this weekend, the Gamecock game. Uh, all that good stuff. Uh, again, hour number one presented by Cindy Sear Foss Realtor. Uh, we'll go to the Meredith Taylor guest line uh, for Michael Flint. Uh, after these messages is hour number one of the show. The day before kickoff 2022 uh, for South Carolina. So we'll be back right after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a Dyer Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey, man. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 
Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. What's up? This is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with JC and Phil. All right. Welcome back to the show, J.C. Sherbert, Phil Mullinax. We're now joined by Michael Flint, uh, second appearance on the show. Uh, Mike, uh, <laughs> how's it going today, man? It's good. How are y'all doing? Good. Doing well, man. Amazing. Uh, all right, so let's get it's game week. So let's get right to it. Uh, scale of one to ten, how excited are you Uh this to start. I mean, everybody's always excited about every season starting. Let's let, let's be honest. But uh, a scale of one to ten, how excited are you now compared to maybe some past years? Uh, knowing what you know about this football team, you know, it's 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 definitely at a ten. I think every season coming into it, you're just excited about, you know, the team. You know, I guess you kind of you you get through talking season and all that, and you hear the different aspect, you know, the different parts, the strengths, weaknesses of the team, and everything else, and it's just more so now getting into it but i think a lot of the a lot of the hype surrounding the team this year a lot of the i say question marks a lot of a lot of the new guys that have come in some of the freshmen you hear about i think there's just a there's a renewed energy and i think a renewed excitement from a lot of the fan base compared to what we've seen in the past i think a lot of the things around the stadium that they've done the added game day experience i think is is really is really impactful as well um you know especially for an opening game like with, with, with Georgia State, um, you know, if it was an SEC opener, um, I know there's been a lot of excitement around that. But I think just all the new added enhancements, features, players, um, 
you know, coaches, I think it's all just, um, you know, coming together. And I think this is kind of more of a special uh, season than what we're used to kind of coming into in the past. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, you mentioned uh, the new enhancements at the stadium, of course, the LED lights, the strobes. There's a new sound system. That may be that may be something that people are talking about now that, that may be a big difference because I've always kind of not been a fan of the sound system at Williams Price. Um, so that that's something else. It's, uh, you know, allegedly, uh, so this new sound system has speakers positioned throughout the stadium rather than just like one big loud one. Uh, that I've sat under before and almost uh, almost couldn't hear anymore. Yeah, uh, you know, so that's it. Uh, so you look at this game. Obviously, uh, you, they've talked about it all off season on both sides of the ball in Carolina. Run the ball better. Well, defense stop the run. I, I think that's probably you know those. If you had to ask me, the top two keys this weekend. Uh, for the Gamecocks, I think that's probably what, what I'd arrive at. You know, what do you think about the uh, the run game in general on both sides? And, you know, how much better can it be this year? And what are your expectations? Yeah, I think that's the big question, you know, coming into not only this game, but this year, I think, you know, with the strengths of what Georgia State is good at, Georgia State has always done well when they establish the run. They're going to run the football when they have success running the football. They're, they're successful as a team. Um, Georgia State, you know, they throw the ball off of it, having success running the football. So that's what one thing that they have to do coming into it. And like you said, um, you know, I've always said in the, in the SEC, you win and lose football games in the trenches. And I think the offensive line coming into this is one of the one of the position groups that has the most to prove out of anybody coming off of what we did, you know, what happened last season. And you know, that's the one thing that I look at. You look at the season last year as a whole versus what they did in the bowl game, and there was something different that happened. You know, what was it? Was it a, was it a simplifying? Was it something with the scheme that changed a little bit? But the guys just looked to gel a lot more. They played faster. They didn't look confused. They fired off the ball. Um, you know, that's one thing I look towards with our run game. I think for us, establishing the run is huge. Um, especially early on, and those guys firing off the football um, will be able to tell real early kind of the direction of the game, I think. Um, you know, Georgia State's strength is on defense. They return a lot of guys, but we also return a lot of guys up front as well on that offensive line, and I think that's one group that realizes and knows that they have a lot to prove this year, and I think you're going to get um, you're going to get all those guys. Those guys are going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to go, and, you know, I think for us establishing that run and, you know, having that strength in the trenches and those guys being able to dominate up front is going to be a, I think an, an early sign, but a, a good sign if we're able to establish that throughout the course of the game. And I think, you know, we'll really keep, you know, energy up being able to, to move the football early. Yeah. Well, talking yeah. to Michael, Flint, you got something, Phil? Yeah, I was going to say, Michael, so we're uh, getting ready for a night game, right? And uh, what's that look like on your end, you know, from a player's perspective? Are you watching any games early? Or are you, you know, just kind of taking it easy, running through mental reps? What, what's going on? Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, you 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 pretty you 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 know the game plan. You're in the hotel. You're watching games. Um, you know, you try to stay at least active. You don't really want to lay around all day. Got to kind of keep 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 the energy up. But you're definitely watching games. Um, looking at looking at. Uh, you know, prep all the uh, playbook, looking at game prep stuff and looking at the game plan and all that. But a lot of it is, you know, kind of just hanging out and relaxing. But uh, 
night games with the energy level, you know, you always know as a player going into night games that the energy is going to be there in the stadium. The fans are going to be there. It's going to be electric. And I think for, for you know, this being the opening game for our guys, they're going to be excited. They're going to be jacked up. They're going to be playing fast because of, you know, every, all the, the energy flowing through and all hyped up, but it's, you know, coming out playing fast, but playing smart as well. No dumb penalties. Um, you know, don't play out, try to do anything outside of yourself, stick to the game plan and really just focus on what you have to do. And I think a lot of that will get everything else kind of work itself out. The first couple of drives, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like a chess match, I think, yeah. between the coordinators and really trying to figure out what Georgia State's going to do. The personnel, you don't always know the personnel that's coming in. I mean, we have a lot of new guys that Georgia State doesn't have a lot of film on. Um, yeah. I mean, Georgia State has the same thing on their side. So it's, it's really trying to play within yourself. Be you know, try not to do things that you're not typically used to doing. Um, you know, don't take. You don't really want to take too many crazy chances because once you know, early in the game, um, you want to stay focused on the game plan and what you're supposed to do because you don't know what they're going to do. I think Marcus Satterfield coming into this game has a lot to prove, and oh, yeah. you know, and I think that he's going to be on it on his. You know, he's going to be all over it, and I think that with the game plan that these that these coaches are able to put together. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing that and really how we open up the game and come out the, the, the first couple drives based on what we think Georgia State's going to do defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, it, it, one thing uh, Satterfield during his press conference said, Michael, this uh, the, he was asked about Juice Wells. He was asked about Josh Van and, and some of the other receivers. He kept talking about route running over and over and over again. And it says it, it seems to me like that's been a big point of emphasis. I don't know that it was always great last year uh, from a lot of those guys. Uh, you're a route runner, a receiver. Uh, is that one of those things that's just uh, reps and, and all that? Or are there people that are naturally good route runners? Uh, you know, kind of t- in that specific position, just kind of dive into that because that's uh, that's something you can answer that uh, maybe nobody else can, right? Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. I think part about being a good route runner, there is a lot of natural ability that that comes along with it. How quick, how quick do you explode off the ball? Um, how quick are you in and out of your routes? How quick can you eat up the space between you and the defensive back? Um, because you know, obviously, what you want to do is you want to eat up that cushion if the defensive back's playing off and force him to try and commit one way or another without really knowing what you're doing. Um, and that's that's a huge piece, explosiveness is a big piece of it. Um, you know, and you could see through throughout the last couple of years with the, with the carry on joiner, he's a great athlete, but it took him some time to really figure out how to play receiver. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Like I said, coming in and out of routes, how quick do you get in and out of your route and the speed that you get in and out of your route with to create that separation, you know, as a receiver, what you always want to do is you want to be able to create separation between you and the defensive back, whether it's straight line down the field or getting in and out of your breaks, because, you know, as we all know, it's a, there's a it's a split second that you have when you come out of your route, knowing what the quarterback's doing. That ball could be on you, and if 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 you have a yard or two yards of separation versus not much separation at all, that could be the difference between you getting an additional thirty yards upfield or you getting tackled as soon as you catch the ball. And I think that's a lot of what those guys have. Um, I think I've always been a high on Josh Van. I think Josh Van's always had a lot of talent. He's very explosive. Um, in and out of his breaks. As soon as he catches the ball, you know, I've re- I saw it a couple of years ago that his first step is very quick. And that's, you know, a lot of that is 
is hard work in the off season, but a lot of it's just is natural ability. And I think that's a big piece of it. And, you know, that goes along with running routes. Also, a lot of times quarterbacks are throwing to a spot and it's all about timing, getting in and out of your breaks. And if you get pushed offline by a defensive back, that could be the difference in a completion and an interception. And so, you know, just an example, if you're running a curl route, the quarterback knows where you're going to be. But if you get pushed inside too much, that ball is going to get thrown outside and that could go and that could be a pick six. You know, I think there there is a lot that goes into playing receiver. It's not just getting out there, lining up and running a route. There, it's, it's a very technical position and you have to be, you know, really good at what you do and you have to understand concepts. You really want to understand the concept of a play, not only to know what route you're running, but what the other receivers are running because it all plays off together. You're either, you know, you could be high low in a, a, a safety or high low in a corner or trying to find a gap in the zone. And if you run the wrong route, it throws the whole playoff. And so there is a lot that goes into it and just understanding the concept of what, you know, of what the play call is. And, you know, a lot of what those guys like Josh Van and Juice Wells bring to the table is consistency and making a play when the when you have the ball in your hands. And I think that's the biggest thing for us going into this year is having those playmakers that you can get them the ball and they're a threat to take it another 40 or 50 yards as soon as they touch it, like a Juju McDowell or a Jaheim Bell. Um, and it's being able to get your playmakers the ball, but knowing that your playmakers are going to be in the right spot and not you know, create potential for turnovers. Talking to Michael Flint. Uh, all right, so – this weekend, SEC football, not just uh, the Gamecocks. Uh, our poll question today was, like, which of, of the big four SEC games are you looking forward to the most? Uh, and those are Utah, Florida, uh, Georgia, Oregon, um, LSU, uh, Florida State is on a Sunday, and then Cincinnati and Arkansas. Uh, people are saying, I mean, obviously everybody's going to want to watch Arkansas because the Gamecocks play them next week, but uh, – Anything uh, there in the SEC sort of stand out to you uh, outside of South Carolina as far as a game goes uh, tomorrow? I think the Georgia-Oregon game is is very intriguing because um, a lot of what what I experience playing teams outside of the SEC or maybe even potentially outside of the of the South is the speed of the game is a lot different. And I say speed of the game, the the overall team speed of other of of, of other teams. Um, you know, not just a couple of guys, but, you know, all all 11 guys on the field and just in, in athleticism. And Oregon's always had a good team. Um, you know, they've always been athletic. But coming over and playing a team like Georgia, who is, who is you know, his athletic up and down all over the field, you know, th- throughout there too deep. And really seeing how Oregon responds to getting hit in the mouth by the big boys, you know, by yeah. a team like Georgia. You know, Oregon's ranked top, you know, top 15. They're, they're a good team, and it's seeing how they react in an, in that type of environment playing a team like Georgia. Now, granted, Georgia is probably one of the best teams in the country. Um, it's coming off a national championship. You know, lost a lot of guys, but they replaced those guys with guys that are really just as good. And so interesting to see how Oregon reacts once that game kicks off and seeing the overall team speed of Georgia versus, uh, versus Oregon. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. Oregon's recruited pretty well out there. Uh, they went into Los Angeles and got a bunch of players um, uh, under Mario Cristobal. I don't know about Dan Lanning. Uh, he's kind of a mystery guy to me. Uh, Georgia did lose a lot of personnel, but you're right. Anytime the SEC, to me, plays a Pac-12 or somebody like that, a Big 12, whoever, it does seem like 
you know, that speed of the game factor that comes 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 in all the time. That's why well, that's why Ohio State recruits all these fast guys out of the South because you know they're gonna um, when they go to play Bama, they're gonna, they're gonna need it, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I think there's a different level of toughness as well that that that, that goes along with it. And I don't know if it's you know a geographic thing or you know playing football in the South. I mean, it's you know I've always said you know high school football is huge in the South. Doesn't matter where you are, and you know these kids work extremely hard. Um, you know, at a young age coming up so you know a lot of it is toughness as well so that's a lot of what i'm looking towards is you know how those guys react to getting hit in the mouth it's what i was but mike mike tyson or whoever said it you know everybody yeah. playing until they get punched until they get punched in, in, yeah. in the face so yeah in the grill yeah i mean and george is going to hit them in the mouth i mean that's uh <laughs> and there's the next week when uh, alabama goes to texas alabama is going to hit texas in the mouth and yeah. we'll see how quickly they fold mm-hmm. oh, yeah. i think um all right so uh are you heading to williams bryce tomorrow Sure am. Gonna, gonna be down there in the uh, little co- the co- condo area. I won't give away your location, but uh, <laughs> uh, let's just say I'm always jealous of wherever Michael Flynn is on game day. Uh, <laughs> and some of my other friends uh, from down there. But um, so uh, you're getting there. So what are your pregame traditions uh, as a fan? Like uh, I know as a player all day, you're trying to stay energized. But, you know, what do you do uh, for a night game as a fan? Yeah, it's always fun. I mean, you know, having people come over. Um, a lot of times, a lot of guys that that I played with, or maybe not necessarily uh, didn't didn't play with, um, will come over and uh, will come over and hang out. So it's always good to see everyone. Um, you know, hang out with everybody, cooking, grilling. The kids are all running around outside, having a good time, and just yeah. kind of the, mm-hmm. the camaraderie with between you know between all the fans and the people around you and all that. And it's just you know being able to. Uh, drink a handful of cold beers before as well and kind of get a little bit of that liquid uh that liquid courage <laughs> liquid courage going <laughs> on man that's uh that'll be something else well, all right so finally we're at the end of our conversation here with michael flint uh the day before the opener we're happy we got you on the day man uh give us your any final thoughts on the game and uh, your score prediction yeah you know i think I think it's going to be the, you know, kind of the, the first two to three drives of the, of the game for both teams are going to be, you know, really critical. Um, if we can force Georgia state into some mistakes early and really kind of take control of the game, I think it can be, you know, I, I think we can do a lot of good things. Um, you know, I know the spread is a lot less than what people think. And I think a lot of how we get to that fourth quarter and what the score is will really be how we kind of, how we react and, 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 and with those first three drives of the game, offensively and defensively, um, whether we're going to be able to, to sustain the line of scrimmage up front on defense and how we look running the football on offense and how comfortable Rattler is back there and be, being able to sustain drives and score points, not just field goals, but be able to score touchdowns. You know, and I, I really have a lot of confidence in Marcus Satterfield and Spencer Rattler. And I think these guys have a lot to prove. And I know, Coming into a game like like this with Georgia State, you never take lightly. Being a non-conference game, a non-Power 5 game, those guys are going to come in excited. There's a lot of guys from South Carolina. You got Coach Elliott being from South Carolina, having coached it at South Carolina as well. There's going to be a lot of excitement surrounding it. And I think, you know, we got a lot of guys on our side that have a whole lot to prove that have been doubted that are going to have that extra focus on really coming out and playing well early and not really being as – I don't want to say nonchalant, but 
being as, as lethargic or not as focused as you should be and coming out with too much energy. But I think the focus is going to be there. And I really think, you know, South Carolina, you know, it, it may be a little tight at the half with both teams kind of playing that chess match and not really knowing the personnel on, on the other side, not really knowing what either side is really going to do or how they're kind of going to put their focus on how they how they're game planning. You know, with Georgia State, you know, Georgia State's going to run the football and they got to have success running it to be able to set up for the pass. So, you know, they could try something a little different um, just to try to throw us off a little bit. You never know. But I think, you know, going into the to the second half, I think it may be a little tighter than people may like. But I think the Gamecocks pull away in the second half. Um, I think we just we have so many weapons now that we're not used to having. And I don't know if Georgia State can really be able to stay with with those guys um, the way we can stretch the field, not only vertically, but horizontally as well. Um, you know, I think it, it's going to be tight, but I think we pull away in the, in the third and fourth quarter. I think we end up winning four. I think we end up winning 41 to 14. <laughs> 41 14, man. That was because it was like you got, you got to the score and it was like, like oh, man. <laughs> yeah. hey, welcome to live streaming radio. Yeah, hey, no doubt. Wando, uh, have, a, have a couple of cold ones for yours truly and I uh, hope to run into you at a game this year, kind of like I did last year and all that. But uh, enjoy the day tomorrow. Well, you only have one opening game a year, right? That's right. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I think it's good. I, I like the excitement. I like what's going on with the program. I think they're headed in the right direction. Um, you know, there's going to be some bumps in the road and some hiccups potentially, but the trajectory of where we're going and the type of personnel that we have, the type of players that the coaching staff are recruiting and getting commitments from is just, I think it's brought a whole new level of excitement to the program to where the game day experience is a lot, has is improved a lot and you're going to see a lot more fans in the stands, which is always good for recruiting. It's always good for the players because the louder and more butts that are in the seats, the more those guys want to go out there and, and 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 play even harder and, you know, keep them amped up. So I'm excited for the season. All right. Michael Flint, appreciate you joining us today on the show. We'll have you back really, really soon. And uh, enjoy Saturday, man. Thanks, man. We sure will. Enjoy, fellas. Always do. I appreciate it. Go Cox. Okay. Thanks, go Michael. Cox. All right. That's uh, a good thing. You can catch um, if you're – if you want to watch that interview with Michael Flint – I redid the uh, the YouTube page for the show, and uh, we have a section for him called Wando's World. <laughs> and so all of his interviews will be there if you just uh, if you just want twenty four hours of of Michael Flynn or whatever. That's, we have we have something for everyone's taste. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a break. Come back with our second guest, final guest of the week, final segment of the week. Uh, it's tradition at this point. Uh, we'll go to the Meredith Taylor guest line. And uh, talk to Meredith Taylor. So that'll be good. Uh, and uh, when we get back, Phil's going to tell you about Manscaped one more time. And uh, and then we'll go from there uh, and get Meredith here. Uh, she's got a lot of some golf uh, topics to talk about. If you'd like to ask her a golf question or a Carolina question, uh, whatever question, uh, hit the chat box up. Uh, we're going to get her score prediction uh, as well uh, and maybe talk about some other games uh, and things like that there toward the very end. All right, so on the other side, Meredith Taylor off the Meredith Taylor guest line. Let's go after these messages. 
If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Yeah. Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. And like my this is JC's fiance, Nat. Life is all about making sacrifices. I now sleep next to the human troll doll. I'm taking one for the team. Go Gamecocks. Now back to JC and Phil. All right. Now back to JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Um, We're going to welcome Meredith Taylor in on the Meredith Taylor guest line in a second. But first, Phil's got to tell you uh, about Manscaped again. That's right. Oh, Manscaped. 
Hold on just a second, yo. <laughs> for a little bit. Well, no, I mean, you know, I could talk about just my personal experiences with it. We really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's a simple to use. I was going to bring it up here, but I didn't get a chance to run down the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> my, uh, my lawnmower 4.0. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, ceramic blade, skin safe technology, 4000 K LED. So you're going to be able to see everything, get a nice, precise shave. Join the 5 million guys worldwide uh, and uh, with the ultimate hygiene bundle, the performance package, uh, get it at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping worldwide with code Big Spur. Yep, do it. 20% off, code Big Spur. Uh, now we're going to welcome in Meredith Taylor, uh, former Gamecock golfer, uh, golfing professional, golfing teacher, uh, sports expert, great guest. Uh, and probably has uh, probably probably the best set behind her of, of any uh, any of our guests. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I mean, yeah, I have to come with a good set. It's it's game week. Let's go. That's right. Yeah, you're That's right. You're doing a great job. So, um, well, we, we got some talking points here uh, to get on the uh, the subject of golf, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the, the game this weekend, obviously. But it's uh, you know, so you, you look at uh, Rory McIlroy. Uh, won the FedEx Cut. Yes. Dollars, six shots back. Yeah, big uh, shout out your, to Rory. Yeah, your thoughts. That was on insane. That. Um, if anybody watched it, he came uh, from six shots back to beat Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible high level golf from those guys. I mean, that's uh, what they talk about is the PGA Tour is the best in the world. And they, they showed it uh, on the biggest stage with the biggest purse uh, going after $18 million and second place was like 6.5. Uh, it was ridiculous, but um, yeah, being the face of the PGA and all the media obligations and all the pressure that comes with that to, to come back from six shots was, it was a very, very big deal. Great. Good for him and good for the PGA tour. Yeah. And you've been talking about that because you know, obviously there's competition now on the for the PGA <laughs> tour and, uh, and uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's good to see that banner toted. I've, I've found that people have a lot of strong opinions on both sides. It's true. It's true. Not everybody has my opinion, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, yeah it, it's, uh, it's definitely been a lot of drama this year for golf, which we generally don't have. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's been a lot of, a lot of both sides kind of hashing out their opinions. And, uh, but it's, it's good for ultimately a tour. Uh, the tour is going to get better. Uh, the tour... Um, I think we'll benefit from it. Um, I don't think it's a competition. You know, we've talked about this before the 54 holes, no cut, you know, and tiger saying, well, that's not a tournament. We play 72 holes. You know, Scotty would have won last week if it weren't 72 holes, but we play 72 holes here (laughs) on the PGA tour. And there's a reason for that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, um, Gary player came out this week and said that series is, is, has no chance of being competition for our tour. It's just different. It's totally different. Um, and it, nobody really understands the team event part of it. And he, he had some strong words. He was like, listen, that's kind of become the, the guys that, that know they don't, they can't win on the PGA tour went over to that tour. Um, and, and so it's not really a pure competition, I think for the PGA tour, but it's 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 a lot of drama, a lot of talking points, but the PJ Tour honestly is in the healthiest place it's been. 
the right. best it's ever been, the youngest it's ever been. So there's nothing that's going to stop that that PGA Tour being the best place for the best in the world. On the women's side, uh, over uh, yeah, weekend, uh, some some really good play in the Canadian Open. Uh, Paula Reto uh, over yeah, Quarter. Paula Reto, she she's from South Africa. Um, okay. And and big shout out to her. I met her probably a, about ten years ago. Wonderful human being, and has been out there grinding for a long time to get her first win on the LPGA tour is a big deal. Uh, to do it uh, at one of the, it's kind of the equivalent of Players Championship for the guys that just watch the PGA tour. It's kind of like that fifth major, really really good field. Not a major, but it's it's the best of the best uh, in terms of the field and and the competition. And she had to beat out Nelly Corda, number one in the world. So mm. that gives her a lot of confidence moving forward, getting over that hump. It's tough to win a golf tournament. It's tough to close it out and to close it out against the best in the world. Um, that I expect big things from her moving forward after getting that huge win there this past week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see. Meredith, how much, you know, is the mental aspect of golf? Like, it, it, you know, everybody talks about it, you know, and that you got to be in the right headspace and all of that. Yes. But is it something that you can actually recover from? Say you're playing around and, okay, something screws up at, you know, say hole two. Can you pull it back together if you've got yes. it in you to do so by the time you get around? And what does that look like? Well, the the elite of the elite do. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Look at Rory McIlroy last week. He started out with a double or a triple on his first hole. That would derail most people's confidence and most mm -hmm. people would just be completely embarrassed and tank just because they don't have that mental fortitude to be like, okay, that's fine. I've got plenty of, and he ended up shooting 68, right? So that's what makes him elite is he can turn the page, check into the next hole. I got plenty of birdies left. I got 17 holes left and to just grind it out. And, and that's the mental, you develop that over years and years. Uh, I tell people, you know, when I, I go out and play and they're like, man, you just make it look so easy. I'm like, well, there's a lot of hard work that makes it look easy. You know, right. we put mm -hmm. 10,000 hours in to make it look <laughs> easy. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a lot of reps and the mental part, the, the course management part comes with years of just being in that competition, being putting yourself in those positions of being under the gun, you know, teeing it up with the like, like Saturday night in Williams Bryce, when the lights are on the best of the, you know, that's when the players play. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it's a big part of it for sure. Oh, I was going to say, we got a question from Daniel in the uh, Nana sports chat box. So uh, Meredith, how important is golf equipment when you're not able to play enough uh, to get good? Should you buy a right. beginner set of clubs or should you dive in with the good stuff right off the top? I would not spend as much money as you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I would not go spending a, a paycheck on clubs if you're not uh, not playing. Um, I always tell people start with something simple you know, get, get reps in first, get your, your swing up to a place where you can actually go get fitted for clubs. Cause if your swing is so inconsistent and you don't play, there's no point in going and getting fitted for clubs when, when you have no idea what swing is, you know, one swing to the next is totally different. But once you get consistently good, that's when you start to dial in your, your equipment, the golf ball, you can get really, you can nerd out at that point and really get dialed in. Um, with, with the pros. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Talking with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer uh, on the Meredith Taylor guest line. She sponsors that for us. We certainly appreciate that. Um, so the Gamecocks are doing a little football playing tomorrow. 
Let's go. Um, looks uh, looks pretty good. And uh, so there was some news this week, and it's not necessarily it's going to impact football in a major way. Um, and uh, but it's more university wide. And as a former student athlete, you had to be uh, kind of um, fired up about this. The uh, ESM deal with Everett Sports Marketing. Uh, we had Chance Miller and Hillary Cox on earlier this week talking about Great it. interview, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a game-changing uh, announcement, and I thought um, th- those two really spearheaded it, and I thought it, it took a lot of vision uh, to pull that off. Uh, and it, it's a good idea, great idea, and from from idea to execution, yes, uh, they deserve a lot of credit for it. But as a former student athlete, you know your your opinion about things like this. Uh, you know, especially being a golfer, which, you know, in golf, uh, there's lots of endorsements and things like that that do take place. And uh, this is going to I think it's going to help all sports. itself. Absolutely. Um, I'm thrilled for the student athletes, obviously. Uh, I wish I had a little eligibility left to get myself an NIL deal. Um, but no, it, it's um, like you said, having the visionary, but having the execution, knowing who to contact. Cause you know, I used to be in that agency, you know, I represented an LPGA tour player for several years. And so knowing that industry has in the past been for lack of a better term, a little shady. If you didn't know uh, the right people to talk to that, that had integrity and had the, you know, knowing ESM and, and knowing their ties to Carolina. I mean, what a brilliant move by our administration to work with them. They're the best of the best. And, um, yeah, I'm thrilled for the student athletes. It's going to be a game changer to to be like the first in the space is really nice as as Gamecock. So you know, Gamecock Nation, it should be proud, and I'm I'm very proud of Gamecock for sure. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I just you know, being involved in the NIL space, like I, I'm still somewhat of a novice to it, but uh, uh, looking at it and kind of looking at, at what all South Carolina has. Um, and Hillary talked about it like a wheel with different spokes. I thought that was a fantastic analogy because you yeah. need everybody. This is a big spoke, uh, you right. know, in my opinion, because this is gonna this is gonna really uh, facilitate major deals for guys that uh, you know that, that want to contend. And they, you know, you get a player that can take that with it, you know, into his endorsement. And that education too is so important um, mm-hmm. going to that next level. The, the contract negotiations, the working with the sponsorships and the endorsements, all of that's going to be beneficial. It's going to help and it's going to facilitate the big boys coming in and, and getting those big time deals helps with recruiting. I mean, the, it, the dominoes just start falling. It's really, really exciting. Yeah. And Dabo said, though, that at Clemson, uh, NIL is about education, not about professionalization. <laughs> uh, so he okay. said that yesterday. I don't know. So, um, what context it was in, but I, 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 I started thinking that just like you said, and I agreed with you, what's more educational than this? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I mean, what in the world, man? Uh, so anyway, uh, that was interesting. So, all right. So something we didn't know about you, uh, maybe, or, or maybe I did, and I just didn't bring it up. You're a daughter of a former high school football coach. Yes, sir. Right? So, yes, sir. so yeah, it's so, like, so like wondering, like, how does this girl know X's and O's? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. So, so let's get we asked Michael Flint this, and uh, we've been talking about keys to the game. Give us your keys uh, to the game on Saturday night. Yeah, um, obviously, a clean game, minimal penalties, and no turnovers. But I just think this offensive line, who's been talked about all offseason, mm-hmm. they're going to show out. Um, 
set the tone for the game, but set the tone for the year. I think this group is hungry to go show out um, Spencer getting comfortable in the pocket. Our running backs just having a day. I really think March on Lloyd's going to have a day tomorrow. And I, I would, I would love nothing more just based on his story. Um, but uh, that, that group in the trenches, um, I, I'm excited to see them just prove every to everybody that uh, year two of the same OC, you know, getting that communication, that continuity down. I, I just think they're going to show out and I'm going to love every second of it. Um, uh, but on the, on the other side of the ball, obviously we're going to, those guys are going to stop the run. They know what they know what they want to do. Georgia state's going to want to roll the ball. That's what, that's what their success is. And when you're playing an sec team, when you don't have the talent pieces, like we do, you're going to want to hold the ball <laughs> that time of yeah. possession. The less you can have Spencer Rattler on the field, the better for them. So the, the, the defense will apply pressure, stop the run um, tackles for loss. I think they're going to have a big game too. Um, I mean, this is our house Q sandstorm. It's going to be amazing atmosphere. Um, I, I mean, no disrespect to Georgia state, but, but our guys are going to overpower them by the time we get to third and fourth quarter. Um, I, I, I'm going to love it. I'm, I'm just ready to, I'm ready for, uh, somebody to pop somebody in the mouth that first game you know what I mean like it's not talking season anymore like yeah. let's go play yeah you know, we, we mentioned this before on the show and and, and sort of a um in a, in a roundabout way we talk about this a lot about the culture and, and yes you know Shane Beamer's trying to establish at South Carolina that he has in a short time you know I, I don't think Shane didn't take over a, a bad locker room in other words he didn't take over a team full of selfish dudes. They, they even under under Muschamp, they're really good kids in, in the program, right? You know, you don't hear knock on wood about a lot of guys getting in trouble, like you know, back there in the late Holtz era, man. That was that was almost every week. Uh, but uh, you know, now it's a lot of good citizens there, and and all. But he, I think he did inherit a locker room that was a little down, and, right. and also a bunch of guys that, while talented, maybe as a team didn't understand how to win. Um, kind of in your difference, uh, you know, in, in your opinion, sure. uh, the difference in the mentality now and the difference in that, that culture that facilitates that mentality, um, and, and how maybe Beamer's coaching, you know, and coaching style that may get lost on some people in games right, uh, has helped facilitate part of that. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, in the previous era, let's just say it was. Minute 52 to go until halftime. Okay, we got a timeout left. They would basically take a knee, like run it up the middle and get get to halftime. No, no attempt to really score. And that used to drive me nuts. I wanted to throw the remote at the television. Because I'm like, you just left points on the board. Like, let's go get six. And so what I love about Beamer is he's like, let's go score. We got we we got a two-minute drill. Let's go get six. And if not, we're going to get three, but we're going to go get six. Um, and, and to flip it, you know, on the other end, let's say it's a minute 52 to go left in the game and we're on defense. They're trying to go for the win in the fourth quarter. I, I didn't really, I hated prevent defense because <laughs> don't get me started. When I saw our DBs that were like five to seven yards off the ball, <laughs> it used to drive me insane. I'm like, no, let's. So I love Beamer and Clayton White. They play press coverage. It's the mentality of you're going to have to earn every yard 
this is SEC big boy football. And, and the DBs are going to press. You're going to have to QB, who's being pressured, by the way. You're going to have to also fit it in a window. Like, you're going to have to earn it. And I just love that physical mentality switch that it's almost like a flip to we're aggressive mentality now on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and, I, you know, you, you can look at several examples of that uh, last year. And, you know, last year was such an uneven year personnel-wise, first year, that kind of thing. Sure. It, it, it's hard to kind of take notes of some of it, but uh, heck, man, the first and last game last season, uh, right. after the first touchdown, that they're going for two. Surprising. I love it. <laughs> and I love you know? it. I mean, when it's fourth and one and we're in their territory and we got the momentum, like, let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's just my, I, I love that aggressive mentality. Like, our guys up front are going to get you the yard. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, definitely that. And I hope, I hope they do get the yard a bunch this year because. <laughs> Uh, that's what's so hard sometimes about playing offensive line in this league because right. you, can, you can be a really good offensive line, and because of the D-lines you're playing. It's so there, true. There may be a time that you get blown back and you don't get the fourth and one. Um, and I've seen it happen to Alabama and Georgia and A&M, and you name your team. I mean, I've seen it happen uh, in this league over and over again at times, at times. And right, so, yeah, good on uh, good. Let's go. That's right. I, I hope for these guys' sake, though, that nothing egregious like that happens at least for the first month of the season, because, you know, <laughs> offensive line is also one of the things people remember you playing bad, but when you're playing good, nobody ever talks about you. That's right. And so that, that's going to be a watched position on. Uh, yeah. That's the nature of the beast, right? Saturday night. All right. Wrapping up with Meredith Taylor. She's always our final guest on the show uh, each and every week. And just like with uh, Wando, uh, I have all of Meredith's segments, uh, I think most of them, up on the YouTube page. So if you miss one, want to go back, review. If you're new to listening to the show, you can go back and, and watch these uh, and catch up, that kind of good thing there. Um, so here, here we go, brass tacks, score prediction. All right. uh, take it away. I'm going to go 35-14. 35-14. Okay, I like that. That's uh, – um, that's 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 covering the spread. That's that's what thirty-five fourteen. That's uh seven thirty Williams Bryce LED lights, Q sandstorm. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's I, I, I think the atmosphere is gonna look really, really good. And uh, that's that's just another thing you can feel this fan base getting a lot more positive lately, and, and that's just another thing for them that, that I like. You know, that's gonna make yes. them. Uh, most of them, 98% of them. There'll be people that complain about it. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sitting here, but 98%. You see Georgia Stadium, Alabama Stadium with those lights, and they look great. Um, so it's going to be really fun to, to see those uh, Saturday night at Williams Price. Meredith, enjoy your uh, football family party this weekend. Yes, sir. I uh, hope you eat, have some good eats and drinks and uh, a lot of good fellowship, and uh, you guys are enjoying a win, and uh, we will talk with you next Friday. Sounds great. We'll talk to you after the win. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. Bold prediction, 35-14 Gamecocks. Uh, So thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll holler at you soon uh, next week. Thank you, guys. Go Cox. Go Cox. That was good right there. Meredith Taylor. Meredith Taylor Golf. We're going to continue to talk with her, send in your golf questions, all that good stuff, each and every Friday. Really enjoy her as a a guest. Mm Mm-hmm. Really think she's she's pretty awesome. Um, Daddy O is talking about golf, and he's like, "If I leave the beer in the car and not in the cart, I usually have a cleaner card." 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually play better drinking beer and because I, but I, I'm like, I'm super competitive. And, and so I don't like to drink beer when I'm playing golf. I'm, I'm like keeping score like Steve Spurrier. Uh, <laughs> We're shooting in the daggone 150s, right? <laughs> I feel it's like, you know, kind of like bowling. Like there's yeah. a right, there's a proper balance, you know, yeah. between beer and how well you're playing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's get some score predictions in before Phil and I give ours. Uh, Craig says 34-17 Gamecocks. Daddy O 42 17 Gamecocks. Our, our buddy Xavier, who uh, tweets at us, he's in the chat box. He's in the oh, mailbag. Yeah. Xavier, pick for the game 31 21. Ooh, a little closer, a little closer. Uh, I will tell you, Tony Morrell, in his iconic five keys to victory, uh, first one of the year, it comes every year. We love it. Uh, look, you can get that on the bigspur.com. It's a free content item. You don't even have to be a member to read it. And so, um, he picked 34-23 Gamecocks, so not to cover because that 11 wouldn't cover. Yeah, that wouldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Craig, Craig asked a good question here, and I'll just I'll answer it briefly. Uh, could you see yourself crystal balling Harbor after his official to South Carolina or after all his officials? I, I'm about to crystal ball him probably pretty soon. Mm. Uh, all I want to hear is one more positive piece of info, and um, I'll be I'll be there. Mm. Um David Flint said, his, I guess his brother was plagiarizing. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel says 34-20 Gamecocks. Um, John had a good question here on the Dana Sports chat box. Do you think the defensive template they used against Howell in the bowl game and against Florida last year is applicable for stopping Georgia State? It is to a certain extent. I mean, there's some things they both do. Um, Dan Mullen's offense, though, is different than Longo's offense. It's different than – uh, what Sean Elliott and those guys run. Uh, it's it's all subtly different. Uh, but I do think, you know, you got to bottle up. You can't let the quarterback beat you with his legs. Uh, and I thought South Carolina last year uh, did a good job shutting down Emory Jones and then um, the uh, Sam Howell in the bowl game. I mean, so the dual threat quarterback uh, in all games didn't hurt the Gamecocks last year. It was, uh, you know, a bad thing against Vandy. But man, that Vandy thing was a surprise. They kind of. They kept that top secret, and boom, they put right out there, and he couldn't stop him. Um, Daniel says he doesn't think Sean Elliott's coming to Columbia to kick a bunch of field goals. 76 Gamecock, a bold, bold, bold prediction, 52 to 10. Whew. That'd be a slaughter, right? Could happen. We would all love to see it, yeah. We'd all yeah, love to see A-Rock says 42-17 Gamecock. So, so Wando picked 41-14, Meredith 35-14. Uh, we got the chat box out. I'm going to give the floor to Phil. Phil, your pick. Uh, all right. So looking at this, and I've been all over the board with this, you know, like you were the other day. Oh, I could see us putting up 52. You know? <laughs> then you pull yourself back in. You're like, rain it back in, rain it back in. But no, I'm settling in on 38-23 us. 38-23. That's 38-23. That's the score of the... Thursday night, uh, Kentucky, South Carolina, top is the only time they've ever played. I think is top fifteen opponents. Yeah, Williams, Bryce, Gamecocks won at thirty-eight twenty-three. Uh, that's a heck of a score prediction. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> All right, so I've been thinking thirty-five twenty-one for weeks. Then yesterday in the car, 
I started thinking about a bigger score. I, uh, I, I don't want to be a homer here, right? <laughs> uh, and last time I, I picked a big score for the Gamecocks in an opener was 2015 because <laughs> I didn't think uh, Auburn uh, – I mean, I didn't think North Carolina had a bunch of a defense. So it turned it out as a defensive struggle. Right, yeah. I think 52 to 20. <laughs> I just thought – you know, man, I, I, that was – yeah, that wasn't good. That, that yeah. team, that team couldn't score fifty-two points against anybody. <laughs> that Gamecock team that year. So I've gotten burnt before, but I, 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 I'm tired of like Phil, like sort of hedging my bets and and, and not admitting how good I think this team can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I especially improved on offense. So, so I'm going to do a a Marcus Satterfield, uh, you know, a pro Marcus Satterfield pick a pro uh, freaking uh, offense pick uh, and a pro Gamecock pick and say 51-21. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to say 51. I'm going to go back to my thoughts of 51-21. Oh, love it. Um, now, you make guys – look, it's a pick. I don't really like making them. I like to do right. scenarios. Like, in this scenario, this will be the score. In this scenario, this will be the score. I don't like to make score predictions or record predictions. But I'm going to do it because it's fun, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just you know I, I'm just tired of kind of pulling the reins back all, all off season. You've got explosiveness at receiver. You've got Spencer Rattler as your quarterback. You've got a borderline five star guy, Marshawn Lloyd, that's finally healthy as your running back. You have 109 starts on the offensive line. Your your two tight ends are going to play in the NFL in Bell and Stogner. Um, you know, you've got Josh Van back who, who led the team in receiving. You got an improved Amari and Brown and Xavier Leggett. Um, Jalen Brooks actually did some good things this preseason. Um, you know, I just don't why would the offense not be improved? And, and Georgia State's defense, um, was that a fly Phil? <laughs> Mike <Yeah>. drop. <laughs> That's exactly Mike it. Drop. Yeah, Mike drop. Uh, drop the mic there, um, you know, and, and so that's uh, that's it. You know, I, I just think um, I, I think they'll be good. I think the offense for Georgia State could give Carolina some problems. Uh, there'll be some busted assignments, and, and Georgia State will score. Uh, but I think South Carolina is going to score in bunches. And the reason I went with the fifty-one, they may try two two-point conversions. Or, uh, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure you know people expect that. But anyway. That's my pick, and uh, I'm going to end this week, a beautiful week on the show. Uh, just looking at our audience, it, it grew probably by about 40% this week. It has been, yeah. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Every, as, as everybody finds it, they get in the Nanosports chat box, uh, and it's uh, it's amazing. Um, you know, H-Man says it's a natural Carolina fan reaction. To be hesitant, we're all hoping for 57 points. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Been a, it's been a long 10 years, man. I mean, there's been a lot of crap that's happened in all sports. And, right. and I think one thing game fans do want to see uh, are points on the board. I mean, think mm-hmm. about think about the low-scoring baseball team, the low-scoring basketball teams. The, even, the, even the women don't score a whole lot. They have games where they go cold. Uh, football couldn't get it past the 50 in some instances last year. Well, and it's like you said, JC. I mean, this is the year. Like, we have everything you need. 
to score yes. points. You've got it all. It's all right there. And it's not unreasonable to think the defense is going to be able to keep them off of their game, keep them behind the chains, and force them, you know, three and outs. If, if you're going to run fast and, and play smart, then you're going to get the ball back. And every time you get the ball back, you get a chance. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that that's, uh, that's the deal there. So, Phil? Uh, next time we have one of these, we, we will have a game in the books. I'm excited. I know. Me too, man. I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> got uh, some Monday guests coming on. We will have Trey Biddy back on the yeah. show uh, from Arkansas. That's a, I don't know, Arkansas fans found that video or something because it's 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 like gone viral off of our YouTube page. I'm like, right, yeah. I'm like yeah, and I, I looked up the, like, where the traffic was coming from on his interview, and it's like, uh, you know, I was like, Who's reading this? And it's like, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, Fayetteville, Little Rock. And I'm like, ah, the hogs have, the hogs have found Trey's interview. So uh, that was good. Well, I appreciate each and every one of you uh, that interact with us every day. All of you listening on podcast format. Again, I, forgive me for not uh, not get, not double checking my work last night. Uh, I'm going to have this one up this afternoon. Uh, you guys with a night game. You, there's a lot of episodes you can catch up on. Also catch JC and Morgan. That'll that's a nice preview show uh, yeah. for the weekend of all college football uh, and all that. Be sure to subscribe uh, to our YouTube page as well, where we stream every day. All right. For Phil Mullinax, it's J.C. Sherbert signing off for the week, game week. Fired up about tomorrow, and we will talk with you folks very, very soon.